Welcome, everybody, to the newest edition of Bayesian Brown Hoops Up and Down Podcast. This is your main man, Theo 3 and D. I am solo today. Bob is doing God's work. But don't worry, BNB Nation. Bob will be back tomorrow. We've got two episodes, not one, but two tomorrow. Uh, we've got something very special for you. I can't give you all the details, but come to us around noon uh, Eastern time tomorrow. We're going to be live on location at a secret location with a possible special guest. So stay tuned tomorrow. And me and Bob are going to get into sports debates tomorrow. We are battling. Um, we're going to get into the YouTube realm sports highlights. Me and Bob are going to battle sports highlights. They had this ridiculous list, BNB Nation, about the top 12 handles of all time. And it was one of the worst lists that me and Bob have ever seen. I didn't get any sleep. Bob didn't get any sleep. And we want to break down that list and we want to put our opinions on the top ankle breakers in NBA history. Uh, folks, without further ado, though, we are doing the remix to Mr. Jelani Johnson from Chicago, Illinois. And we also want to welcome our special guest in. Our, we want to thank you to our IT specialist, David Amable. He's doing God's work there in Iowa. Uh, we have Coach Mask on the line from uh, Iowa as well. And Jelani Johnson, we have a special guest before you speak. Jelani, one of your former pupils, your protege, uh, uh, a current cornerback uh, of Northern Illinois. We call him Saturday Dre, Andre Cobb, like the two team Jelani Johnson. Go ahead, Dre, tell him what's on your mind, man. Hey, what's going on, Jelani? How you doing? Man, I'm all good. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm just at the house, eating, chilling. Hey, when do you go? When do you report to camp? Well, Monday. Oh, okay. Quick turnaround. Yeah, for sure. Hey, well, good luck with everything, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. July, he was telling us off the off the air how he dunked on you at the last practice. So when the last uh, time you posted, he said he yeah, put one on your head. Yeah. Is that true? Never. <laughs> I, think I got some film. I think he did a 180 on you over at the over at Supreme Court over there. Hey, it, hopefully, hopefully Dre's still gonna be able to dunk in a couple more years. I got a couple more good years left in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, and thank, and thank you to uh, Coach New Ashley. New Ashley, you got anything on the line for Coach Johnson? Will we start? No, I'm just here listening, man. Okay. And July, we just want to give you background. Neil Askew was one of my former coaches in high school. Uh, Neil was a very decorated player in the Midwest, in Missouri. Uh, he also was a former player of the year in his home state. And he played collegiately in South Dakota. So he's also big time as well. And we got uh, we got our main man, our, our the former running back of the year, uh, Maurice Jones Drew Jr. Javen Amiable, how you doing, my man? <laughs> I'm doing all right. You know, just got off work, so I'm trying to enjoy the rest of the game. Gonna, you mean you got up from the chair in the kitchen that you was running the show hey, in? Hey, and you hey, hey now, hey, now, look, it's still a job now. I know you got a job, and I'm unemployed, so I can't say nothing, but you, you the man with the plan. You, you call the shots. Yeah, I'm in the back office, man. That's where you want to be. <laughs> man, it must be good to get it from the front room to the kitchen to call the shots. Make, make that big money. Hey, man, it's, it's my life now. I'm, I'm yeah, I love you, my man. That's my man. <laughs> so, folks, Nation, we got we got Coach Jelani Johnson. This is the remix. Uh, we got kind of cut off last time. We appreciate Andre, uh, Coach Coach Askew, and uh, Dre Day for joining us as well. And Jelani, this is give folks, BNB Nation, some background. Uh, Jelani was a very decorated player in the state of Illinois. Uh, he and his brother actually won also an AU champ. I don't know if you knew that, Dre or not. Jacoby, his brother who played at Princeton, played in the Ivy League, had a 4.0 grade point average, played in the secondary there at Princeton. Jacoby and Jelani won the AAU championship in 2008 in Illinois, so he's also an AAU champion. Uh, Jelani averaged 17 and 7 his senior year at Wabonzi High School in Aurora. Jelani, you finished top 10 in scoring. You only played two years there. So to say you were a bucket is pretty much an understatement. Uh, you went on to have a very successful college career in, in two states. Uh, you played uh, locally there at Western Illinois. Uh, Javen, we asked him, like we asked you what a Dewhawk was. We asked him what the hell a Leatherneck is. And we still don't know what the hell that is, but we won't get into that right now. And Bellamere uh, College, Jelani. And from there, that's what we picked up last time, Jelani. How was it for you transitioning from coaching? And then I think we left off, Jelani, that you, because of your leadership abilities and your qualities, you started being a director at Supreme Courts in Aurora. Can you kind of pick up on that, where we left off at? Yeah, so I, mean, I think the biggest transition from being a player to coaching is, I mean, you the, the hardest thing in the world is you have to, like, take yourself out of it and kind of, kind uh, like, I think in coaching, the hardest thing you, uh, like, you kind of have to find is the leader that you want on the floor Kind is kind of somebody that reminds 
uh, remind yourself of you. So, like, I mean, I think I think Drake, uh, I think Drake can kind of attest to this one where, like, I had uh, like a, a kid named Gavin Garcon. I mean, the dude couldn't mirror me any more than what he did. Uh, exactly. I mean, it was, it just I mean, just a lot of energy all the time, and uh, doesn't necessarily have to make the scoring play, but just always tries to do the right thing and kind of like brings people together. So I think that's like uh, an important part of coaching. Uh, but uh, I, I would just say the, the the biggest transition part was just kind of finding my passion in on the sideline and still keeping myself in the game. Uh, and like uh, an important piece of advice I got for that was from uh, Danny Crawford, uh, NBA ref. But he uh, shout out to Danny Crawford, home yeah, people. Like, right, like, he told me uh, he asked me if I would be interested in refing and basically said refing's the same as playing he said think about it when you're on a fast break he said as a ref you're, you're still running the court the only thing is you're not getting the ball so you kind of uh, run and kind of guess like who's going to get the ball who's going to make the right play and then you just got to make sure you're in the right position so coaching you're just kind of uh, making sure that those guys and are in the right spot so it's like you're still putting yourself in the game just in a different aspect so i think that was the biggest adjustment and then doing stuff at supreme courts more so just, I mean, you just want to rapport with so many different people. You're not going to get along with everybody. You just have to live with that decision. But uh, but you just want to try to touch as many lives as you can in a positive way. And that's that's tremendous advice, Yolanda. We want to definitely shout out uh, Danny Crawford. He definitely, him and his family are tremendous in the, in the neighborhood area. We want to shout out your guy, uh, Drew Crawford. Uh, played at Northwestern, was a MVP over in Europe and Israel. So shout out to your, your former com- uh, competition, Drew Crawford, as well. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I wish we still hung out as much as we did, but I mean, Drew was like my guy, especially growing up. But I mean, as everybody knows, life takes you in different paths. So, uh, like, I still wish him well. He just, but he's doing really well. Just recently got married. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing really well. I think all your people got married. Lonnie, Big Frank, Frank the Tank just got married as well. Shout out to Lyle, yeah. boy. Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> <laughs> Supreme Court, you transitioned, you took that leadership ability on to, of course, you coached the Dre, Saturday Dre in AAU, and then you were the head coach of Plainfield North. Can you touch on that experience a little bit in uh, Plainfield? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I got, uh, I would say I was lucky to be the freshman coach and sophomore coach because it gave me the learning ability to be able to learn the different levels, kind of like, uh, kind of just learn the different, uh, like what it takes to be successful at every level, but by the time the freshmen get to be sophomore, sophomore get to be varsity, you already have the relationship with them instead of just having them at the varsity level. So, uh, the, I mean, the guys that I had were, I mean, I, I, when I got the Newberry job, the group that I was with that were freshmen, I, I they would have been seniors that uh, last season. So it kind of sucked that I didn't get to uh, have them. But I mean, they know that I was still tuning into the games uh, Tuesdays and Friday nights. But, um, but. It was, I mean, it was a great experience. And then my uh, my varsity coach, uh, Coach Krahulik, who was a phenomenal mentor for me, um, he, he helped me out, showed me a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, behind stuff, uh, showed me, like, what is able to do, uh, do proper scouting. Coach Knipe, who's the assistant coach on that, they kind of brought me in. Sophomore coach, and then, uh, then I got to do some varsity stuff, and then I even got to jump in practice with them, too, which was also a lot of fun. So... I got to do a lot of different sides and see a lot of different things, which also helped me prepare for where I am now. Jelani, and I, I'm gonna pre, I'm gonna I'm just doing a little quick announcement. We want to thank everybody for listening on Apple Music, uh, Spotify, and also our new affiliate tuned in. And we want to thank you again. And listen, listen tomorrow, we got something special for you. We got two episodes. Uh, Jelani, we have a question from our main man, uh, Javen. Go ahead. What's your question for Jelani? Yeah, hey, Jelani. Um, just quick question for you, man. I know this new generation of, you know, uh, athletes, you know, they got a little different than some of us old guys did. You know, do you see more kids, you know, do you hear them talking more about NIL deals and, you know, trying to get themselves those type of things as they're, you know, coming up in that AAU system? Is that something that's really, you know, pushed towards these guys? Or, you know, how is that being handled these days? Uh, I would say it is something that's talked about, and I think it more so comes from the parent side. Um, saying that they could, that they're basically hoping to get certain deals, certain contracts with their college. Because I, I mean, if you if you talk to just kids one on one, like the most the most important thing they really want to do in a in a closed setting is they just want to play basketball and they want to be able to compete. 
Um, so I think with a lot of the pressure, the, the uh, social media and all those things, and if they have a friend that they know that they they can compete with, and that friend gets an NIL deal or some type of scholarship offer, like then all of a sudden it's, well, why can't I get this? And that's when you start seeing uh, some of that competitive fire come out, and then everybody thinks that they're entitled to some sort of that NIL money as well. I think we should ask Andre how much money he got right now in Northern. He ain't called nobody. I think he got he's sitting on some stacks out there, man. I know we gotta hit him up. (laughs) 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 Coach Asker, did you have anything to comment on Jelani? Did you have any comment? I'm just listening. But I'm curious of how do you feel the difference is between uh, going out scouting or even as far as recruiting as for getting kids to your school, high school versus college? Uh, I would say, fortunately, I mean, I was at a public school, so I didn't have to recruit for high school, thankfully. Um, and I was more so in the mindset where I was, I just wanted a coach who wanted to be there. So for that, I didn't feel like any pressure in recruiting. But, um, but for like AU and stuff like that, like trying to get the right kid, college, yeah, I would say it's like an entirely different world just because you never know, like at the end of the year, who's going to be with you. And like some people want to enter the transfer portal late. So you're just hoping that you have a certain team. So that way you only have to recruit um, certain players for certain roles. And then next thing you know, uh, uh, one of your main players might jump into the portal. And now all of a sudden you have to backtrack and kind of figure out, like kind of like retool and reassess everything that you've done. Um, and then I, I could just on top of that, it's just long days, long hours. You're sitting in the gym for an AU tournament, hoping to find like a diamond in the rough. And you're, I mean, you'll be in the gym for eight, nine hours. And next thing you know, you're just talking to coaches about miscellaneous stuff and you're not even watching the games anymore. So, it, I mean, it can get difficult sometimes, but, uh, but I mean, it's, it's fun at the end of the day. I mean, you get paid to watch basketball in a, in a way. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of pros about it. Jelani, I, I just want to piggyback off of what Coach Askew said, because me and you touched on this, and also me and Javen and uh, Andre touched on that on their episodes about, Jelani, you played at two big-time universities in Illinois and uh, Kentucky there. And I know your situation was different. We won't get into the reasons why you transferred. But with the por- the transfer portal, I guess the first part of my question is, can you tell us what advice you would, the same advice you gave for the kids? And transitioning from that question, Jelani, uh, you, after you left college yourself, you had the opportunity to do some NBA workouts with the Indiana Pacers and some other teams. Can you elaborate on that as well and, and your experience as a trainer? What kids should do transitioning from NBA college workouts to NBA pro workouts? Yeah, uh, I personally just think um, in terms of the in terms of the transfer portal. I mean, if you really do have an opportunity, then take it. If you're just unhappy because of a situation where like the coach may have yelled at you or you think you deserve more playing time. I think it goes, I think the message means a lot more to the coach if you're willing to have that conversation about it. And just as much as kids like to promote themselves to get to that college, when they get there, all of a sudden they work is done and they don't have to work as hard. So I I think they lose that edge sometimes. So I think sometimes you do need to just stick it out. But a lot of times with the transfer, with uh, with opportunities before you even enter the transfer portal, unfortunately. So I mean, it makes it hard uh, in that in that respect. But uh, for myself, I mean, like you said, I mean, I was fortunate to play under two great coaches, um, Jim Molinari and then uh, Scott. Okay. Okay. And uh, Right, trying to get that game going. And Jelani, you and I mentioned too before, you you had a successful career over in Europe. Uh, you played in Mexico, uh, Australia, and France. And as I mentioned previously, um, you had the opportunity. And I'm sorry, folks, it looks like uh, we had a little technical difficulty. Uh, but Jelani will be right back with us soon. And again, we want to thank uh, Javen Amble, Coach Askew, and Andre for joining us here. Going again, folks, you're listening to Beige and Brown. Uh, podcast here live on Spotify, Apple Music, and our newest affiliate, TuneIn Radio. Again, stay tuned tomorrow. We've got more on the big fight. Uh, July 29th is coming up soon, folks. Saturday from Vegas, uh, Terrence Crawford. Yeah. And Can you hear me? 
Crawford. So we guess we're here, Jelani. I'm just doing the uh, acknowledgments. Jelani, I was I touched off it. I said but you had a successful stint over in Europe. You played in Mexico. You played in the A League in France, in uh, in Australia. Now, I was just asking again, can you tell us what that was like? You know you had some more customers with the team, Blazer, and can you tell us, you know, being a coach, a player, a trainer, can you tell us what those were like? You know, of course, uh, Coach Askin touched on the high school, the college recruiting, but what is it like as a athlete to work out when you're trying to go from collegially when you're working for yourself as a pro? What was that experience like? Oh, John, can you hear us? Okay, it may have cut out again, folks. But again, we want to thank you again uh, for listening. And like I said, we want you to stay tuned this week. Uh, we have a few other episodes. Uh, look for us on, at noon on Wednesday and Friday. So we look to drop three episodes this week on noon, Wednesday, and Friday. And then we have the special uh, additions tomorrow. John, did you hear any of my last question for you about overseas? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, I was asking Jelani, did you, were you able to uh, hear what I said about overseas? Yeah, so I, I mean, just the overseas experience was just a phenomenal experience. Just being able to travel the world and be able to, uh, like, use my skill set and being able to play against a bunch of different people all over the world. I mean, it was just a phenomenal experience. And experience as well that was away from the court but uh i mean just being able to try to relate that back to what i what i learned and trying to help the kids uh or people i've trained i mean i i'm more so just stick with the fundamentals it's like it's not even like complicated stuff like i mean you see a lot of stuff on instagram and a lot of stuff that people work on but i mean when it comes to the game time i mean you don't really don't need all that stuff it's, it's i mean if you know how to get to your spots and can just get a bucket i mean like you just need to be able to just do a, a, a one dribble pull up like it's not like sometimes it's just not that complicated so um, yeah like you, you said need to be able to get Carmelo, to Carmelo, to make a 19 year career one of the greatest scores you've ever seen Carmelo practice that same move over and over unstoppable kind of like in the 80s with bernard king bernard king would get to his one or two spots bernard king for the next pull up and yeah definitely that i mean that's basically how it is so that's what that's mainly what i focus on so and Jelani, the first again, we, we this is the remix. And Jelani, I just want to touch on a personal story. I know that we know that you're a big uh, Alicia Keys fan and Temptations. Who, who are you listening to right now these days? <laughs> I still love Alicia Keys. I actually hate I missed her concert recently, but uh, but I mean my I mean my my go-to now if I if I'm listening to hip hop, J Cole's my guy. Uh, okay, that man has a song for every mood and whatever it is, but. Uh, I mean, I've, I've kind of turned to the, the gospel route now, so I've been listening to a lot more gospel music lately. And we know you're going to be singing the gospel all, all summer long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try to. And July, before we close out, I know you, you had a, you gave me a high compliment and it kind of cut out on the last episode. Can you rehash the story? I, I told you that I was kind of a good shooter. And do you remember how many shots I made out of that 50 when you, when you said you would, if you had a shooter as good as me? You'd be in the national championship. Do you remember how many I made at that time? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, when we were at the YMCA, yeah, I think you took 100 threes, and I think you might have made like 87 or something insane like that. And you said that again for the, in the BNB Nation, the, the people across the world, I can hear that again on record. Uh, I just remember, I was just, I didn't know what to expect, but after standing under well, that rim for so long, I was impressed. Out of 103, but how many did I make on your home court that I had never been to at Supreme Court? I, out there at the hospital, I'd never been there. And I had church shoes on and some penny loafers and a tie. <laughs> yes, how many times I've been to a court that I had never been to once in my life? Yeah. I, think, I think I made 42 out of 50, I think, that time. Nah, I, was, I was impressed. Again, we, you're listening live to the current coach of the Newberry Wolves in South Carolina. Jelani Johnson, former AAU champion in Illinois, uh, former, he's a walking double-double, all top, top 10 in Wabazi scoring, so you you definitely are talking to a living legend. Now he's done it all, folks, in the basketball world, coached, recruited, played overseas, played against NBA professionals, and we want to thank you for listening to this uh, first half of the episode. Of course, we've already recorded part two. So, folks, again, this will wrap up uh, part two. Any, any final words for the audience of BNB Nation? Jelani, can you again Tell them where they can find you at on social media or your Twitter, uh, anything you got coming up. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, I'd have to look at it again, but I think it's like Coach J Magic uh, 32 is on Twitter and Instagram. 
But uh, like I said, I just appreciate it. It's always good talking to you and always reconnecting with Dre. And I know whoever's in your crew is, is, is uh, they're definitely good people. So definitely, and we BNB Nations appreciate the gems that you've given us and all the advice that you have given our younger audience in BNB Nation. Certainly, want to thank uh, our main man, our IT expert, James Ambo, out there in Iowa. He's doing God's work. Thank you for Coach Askew, uh, always for his wisdom and his perspective. And, of course, our main man, the guest of the show, Dre Day, Saturday Dre, the cornerback for the Northern Illinois Huskies. We wish him luck, except when he comes in Lincoln Memorial Stadium in Nebraska and hope they lose. But anyway, <laughs> we want to thank you for joining us live on Apple Music and Apple Podcasts. Y'all stay safe, stay hydrated, take your medicine. God bless. We out. with a special announcement again this week on Wednesday it is our anniversary the four-year anniversary of the former Bajic and Brown hoops up and down podcast we've slimmed some weight cut some weight down we've got in shape now it's just the Bajic and Brown <laughs> podcast but we want to thank you we want everybody to join us it's going to be open panels uh we're going to have some 1v1 Bob's going to put sports highlights in the blender. They don't want any smoke with Bob. They came out with that god-awful list that they're 12 best ankle breakers of all time. That list was dog shit. And we're going to – Bob's going to put – I'm telling you, he's going to put that Larry Bird on him. He's going to put that 3-3 three, three thing on him. They ain't ready. Bob's going to come out swinging like uh, – we don't don't have have I got my list. Everybody's been waiting for the top 10, top 20 dunkers, in-game dunkers of all time. I got my criteria, so y'all can't do what y'all doing on NBA YouTube and talk crazy and just bring up stuff that don't make no sense. So y'all got to sit down and, and put the beer and, and coffee down. But anyway, we want to thank again for our special guest, the coach of the Newberry Wolves, uh, Jelani Johnson, former AAU champion, uh, former Illinois All-State, honorable mention. Uh, and Jelani, can you tell us, you spent some time, seven years, as a mentor, leader in the Chicagoland area at Supreme Court. You were a coach trainer, building supervisor. Can you relationships and how you said impacting and touching as many lives as possible prepared you for coaching at the college level? Yeah, so uh, Supreme also had a very unique experience, too, because, I mean, I coached so many different grades and uh, at that school and then got to, I mean, at that at the program and then also had to help with programs and it was different things like that. So, I mean, I had to basically learn a bunch of different skills, a bunch of different fundamentals and everything, and then adjust with so many different personalities. Um, and then that basically led, I had a group from seventh grade and uh, helped them all the way through 17U. So it was kind of cool me. seeing them grow. Yeah, so I helped them. Uh, it was just, it, I mean, it was basically like they grew, I grew. Uh, like seeing, I, I just remember when they turned into the 15, 16U team, uh, like when they pulled up the practice driving, like it was an unbelievable. I was like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> like these guys are driving now. And they go on the and graduate. And it, it definitely does. But I just remember the, my first live experience, uh, my first live weekend uh, with them at 17U. I went to, uh, it was called The Platform. It was through Prep Hoops. And it, we went all the way to Alabama. Uh, I was like, why not go to a place where, where I know? Um, ended up going down there and a bunch of coaches were there. I think it was over 150 coaches that, that, that signed up. But uh, just being able to connect with some of the coaches down there and asking them what they look for and stuff like that, and now being on this side, is it's 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 funny just like how fast things can turn because that was only uh, two years ago when that happened, and now now it's people coming up to me and oh like what are you looking for? <laughs> but uh, but I would just say like everything kind of like led up to where I am now. And John, you mentioned we mentioned before that you would, you know, kind of briefly go over. You played at two big time universities at Western Illinois, the Leathernecks. Shout out to them, and also at Bellamere there in Kentucky. And you were an Ironman, Jelani, at Western Illinois. You played uh, all, you appeared in all thirty games your sophomore year, final season there. Played all thirty games, started thirty of them. You know, we're definitely you know, I always say availability is the best availability, availability, and you definitely showed your wear there. 
and two things that have become kind of popular, and we, me, you, and Javen and uh, Dre talked about uh, on the last episode is that um, you know we mentioned the kind of the similar and, and, it's not deals, and we know that you kind of your advice was you know go where you feel welcome and it's natural you know on your visit if you get along with your teammates uh, if it feels well then go ahead and do that and you also mentioned some of the cons of that you know you could don't just transfer someone to transfer and that could again put you in a give you a bad rep coaches or even at that next level um would there be any other thing that you can maybe add on to that Jelani with we've seen like you said certain kids might want to compete with somebody they know um you know, is there anything else you would add on to it uh, to tie into the transfer portals and NIL deals coming up and how that impacts athletes these days? Yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much hits the nail on the head. I think the biggest thing that people need to realize is with transferring, if you're going somewhere with the intent to transfer, um, like I know being upfront about it will probably eliminate you getting a chance. But at the same time, uh, I mean, just you you never know who these uh, – who you're using is is connected to so exactly. if, you're going, knows. If, if you're going to right like if you're going to be if you're going to be a prick about everything and then treat somebody how you wouldn't want to be treated that uh, sounds i'm like not saying that the other side me in the tools department is serious oh my goodness right <laughs> uh, but it's it's but it's basically like if you're going to treat somebody like that and then no matter how they're treating you i mean it, like even as a young man like you come to a point where you feel like you got to basically understand, like, is this worth it? And if you if you can go to if you can put your head down at night and say, like, I overcame that situation, then you're doing something right. And if you if you can uh, basically be the man in the situation um, and you do transfer, if the coach, if if the school that you're going to calls your old coach, can they still say good things about you? And that's what uh, that's one thing that people forget. And it's just like you said, it's almost like this. Athletics is your career at that point in your life, and you you want to definitely have a good uh, you know, a referral, just say a reference, just like you would in a career if you're switching companies or what have you. Right, exactly, and that's, re- and that's I, really I, what it is. Yeah, I know this is kind of a wild card line, and we kind of touched on this last time, but and I, 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 I know we touched on kind of like we mentioned people uh, about the HBCUs, the historically black colleges, and of course Deion Sanders did a great job. Uh, while he was there and uh, made a name at Jackson State. Um, and then we kind of mentioned, you know, how he was unfairly uh, cr- criticized by amongst uh, men, other, you know, fans just- of football in general about the way he left to go to a power uh, five school in Colorado. And I mentioned that, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't remember the exact HBCU, but Ed Reed uh, took position and then left several days later. And he basically said the same, his sentiments were the same exact thing as Primetime said. I just want to give your perspective, line as a person that, you know, played in the South and played in, you know, the Midwest. And what what, are, what do you think is really the futures of the HBCUs and not even just sports? I mean, me and you're here on the episode kind of assume that me and Mr. Joseph Johnson and Janelle Hill from the Golden State Warriors touched on. But um, it's like, what are the future of the HBCUs, Jelani? Because I know traditionally in a lot of African-American families, there was always that push, you know, if you could go, go. And it gives you an opportunity to be around, you know, like people just like ourselves. But. Most of these HBCUs have closed up, uh, especially when this is pre-pandemic. Over half the HBCUs in the country have closed. A uh, big thing that the, is that half these schools are not ran by African Americans. It's almost like the conversation that me and Joseph Johnson said that when we go into the black communities, whether it's in you know Chicago or Alabama or Omaha, is that we don't the shop owners don't look like us. So how, why are we still sending our African American youth to HBCUs that are Sports-wise, not. I guess I guess I sound a long-winded question, Jelani, But what what do you think of the futures are of HBCUs in general? Yeah, no, I I think it just I think it depends on which one you go to. Like I think um, it depends on the vision of that school as well. Like if you look at like if you look at if you're looking at the overall growth of how a, uh, the country and of how the of how the school's growing and what their what their vision is, sure. I don't Absolutely. think it necessarily. I don't think it necessarily matters who's overall in charge. I think it's the experience that you're going to have because, I mean, there's some people that 
like I like yes, I'm I'm not saying that I'm not saying that somebody that's non African American should run. But what I'm saying is if there is somebody in that force, like what's the difference between us being in a predominantly non black environment because we're bringing our culture and it's all and, about and, and growing. And what what is the benefit of us still trying to keep up this uh tradition of HBCUs? There's no difference if it Yeah. Education wise there's no benefit as far as uh, academic wise, or, uh, they're not giving you a break on the tuition. What is the advantage of going to HBCU? You can have that experience. Yeah, going so I, so I, I, I do think you're 100% right about that. And then I do think just the experience at the HBCU that you're going to get overall. Um, I mean, you don't get, I don't, a lot of people don't get, which it happens at Southern schools um, for some Southern schools, but the HBCU, like, you're not getting the, the fish fries like on certain days, like Tuesdays, well, we saw you're not getting fries. that on, on Wednesdays. With Errol Spence. Right, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> and then, they, like, you're not getting the, you're not getting the fried chicken Wednesdays. You're not getting the, the what, like, whatever it's going to be. Like, you're not getting, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not getting those experiences. You're not getting the step team coming out yeah. on Thursday. Like, you're not getting, you're not getting those experiences. But, you get, like, in terms of education and all those things, what do you yeah. say? I said you're getting green bean casserole with that lunch that they tell you the HBC. Exactly. And so I th- and with the education, I think like that's what Deion Sanders was trying to harp on, saying like he was trying to change the perspective. And I mean, like you're going like when you look at a spellman and schools like that, like I think those are still like those have deep roots and though like those will not change. So like when you're going to those schools, I think you're getting a different experience than you're getting at another HBCU like uh, and I, I don't want to say anyone uh, specifically because, I mean, you don't ever know what's really going on. But but then you look at schools like, How- I mean, like Howard, like there's basketball players that were trying to go to HBCUs that that way they could put some money because they knew that those games were going to be televised. Like Prairie A&M, Prairie View A&M mainly plays away games just so they can get enough financial stability. But like mm-hmm. that, like it shouldn't have to be like that. And that's Absolutely. where like where you're getting guys like uh, or the Eddie George coming back and trying to coach. And, like, you are you can only get high-profile names, and that's the only way they'll go. And, like, all these – pro like, like you look at, like, a Nick Saban, whose contract it is that he always has to be the highest-paid coach. But, like, a guy like Nick Saban, you know I have all the respect in the world for that guy. Uh, sure. But, like, you don't – but you're not going to find a Nick Saban at an HBCU. You're not going to find – but now, if, like, let's say if you look at Nick Saban's team – they could go. They could be an H. They they have the look of an HBCU. And if Nick Saban were to put that money, if Nick Saban were to grab that team and put them at an HBCU, now all of a sudden you give them a CBS deal, and all of a sudden next thing you know, that school's for sure going to be open for a while. I think Nick Saban has enough money to pay everybody's NIL deals, and he could probably. Career overseas. Uh, you played in Australia. You played in France, uh, and also in Mexico. And I and I just wanted to let you, uh, before that I don't want you to kind of speak on your experiences as far as a lot of guys get that you got the opportunity to work. Kind of, can you give us a little insight into what that was like, the players you competed against, and what that experience was, and then can you tell us? Kind of what you like. I remember you mentioned what did you like about the culture in Australia, and Mexico, and France, and the people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, so I went to Mexico. Oh, sorry, I went to Australia first, um, yeah. and I'm actually really glad I did because coming out of college and everything, like for what's what for what doesn't need to be said. I mean, Australia is a wonderful place, and it's I mean, it's a it's a vacation land. But and you said like looking pineapple, at right. <laughs> What do you say? Why not a resort or something like that? It it is, and I mean, because in Australia they only practice two times a week. They only practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you were playing the games on other days. And wow. I mean, I wasn't on, I wasn't in top league in Australia, but I was in the league like under it, where like, Ben Simmons played in that league. So I mean, I was in a really good competitive league. Um, mm-hmm. But the, just like, the, but the culture out there is just amazing. Like the people out there in Australia, like honestly. I even consider getting my uh, applying for citizenship out there. Like it, it's it's that amazing. The people are always going to look out for you. Um, I mean, they have <laughs> they have a no guns policy, so everything just feels so safe out there. Like the first, the only thing they're going to do, they always threaten you, just like with fighting and stuff. I'm like, well, mm. you know, <laughs> it is what it well, is at that point. But it. exactly right. So, but, like uh, but then, I mean, it's in the fish fry. 
Oh yeah, but uh, but then it's like I went to Mexico, um, and there, I mean there was good talent out there. Um, but I mean the thing I take away from there is the fact that they feed you four times a day. I mean it's that's like right. Five yeah. star, right? And it's five star meals every single meal. Um, I can like, I it can definitely if it's a snack. Right, exactly. So Mexico was just and Mexico was unique, but um, but then France was just the best talent I've I've played against. Uh, everybody wants to compete. People coming from all over, um, and France does something a little different too because um, they have academies out there. So people they pull people out of school and basically put them in boarding schools with people that are going that they think are going to be really good, and they basically put all these people like in their own area, and just groom them in a basketball way. Um, so, you, I mean, you play against some of those guys and you're just like, what in the world? Like, where are these guys coming from? And I mean, you have a 14 year old that's 6'10". And right. it's like, you see him on Twitter or Instagram and be like, oh, this free. But then it's like, oh, like I played against that kid. And, but like, so like they're trying to like groom these kids. Like they'll throw them in a game uh, for like one or two minutes just to give them some experience. And so they get used to the speed. So it, it's it's interesting how, how France does. But France was also uh, an amazing country too, in terms of talent terms of like the country the people out there were also extremely extremely nice um and they love their basketball in france they love basketball folks you're listening to the coach assistant at newberry in south carolina the wolves and we're listening here live on spotify apple Podcasts, and our newest affiliate tune in this is me theo episode we know that you're an avid Sox fan uh have you got to have you got to watch the south siders at all much this summer do you have any uh thoughts about how they've been playing so far <laughs> uh I, I wish i had a thought on how they're playing but they're just not doing well <laughs> at all but uh you know they, but they've yeah but they've made a lot of great uh like in the last two days i know they've made a ton of trades and they're also looking to um make some more trades today I, I think I got an alert right before this that uh, they were thinking about moving what, Tim Anderson. So I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to do, but um, oh boy, whatever it is, I hope it's in the right direction. So yeah, and we know that as a journey right now, it's summertime. Everybody's doing their summer grooves. I know you're a big Alicia Keys fan. You're very versatile in your listening styles. You love- <laughs> what are you listening to right? Uh, mainly, I mean, I had to kind of change how I was as a person too overall. So I kind of went the I, I went the gospel route. So I listen to gospel for a majority of the day. And I would give myself like that twelve o'clock. Like I can't listen to anything except gospel before twelve. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I still li- Yeah, I try. I'm I'm trying. So I mean, outside of that, I still li- I still love my hip hop R and B. Um, even getting into like the contemporary jazz music now too. So. That's awesome. Of course, you know, coming from Chicago with that rich history and culture. So festivals in the, in the Chicago land area. And in the city, that's hard not to do. Jelani, in closing, can you let our audience know here at BNB Nation kind of what you guys expect for the, the coming season? What, what are you guys' expectations are? Yeah, so, I mean, we lost we lost uh, four really good players. Uh, three graduated, one went to the portal. Um, so it's going to be hard. To, it's going to be really hard to replace all of them. One of them was our leading scorer, um, and I think he was top two in rebounding. And the other three were uh, all very dynamic guards. One of them from mm. England. You can't replace how hard he works. Um, mm. And then the other, the other two guards that graduated, they're just everyday guys. Like they literally show up no matter what. They could be injured, or no matter what, they're going to show up. Um, so it's going to be hard to replace that, especially in leadership. But I think with how we did this past season, I think the the guys coming up and the guys that will be seniors this year kind of saw the the uh the blueprint. So it'll be interesting. But we have some good transfers coming uh two transfers, one from Presbyterian and then a junior a junior a Duco kid coming from Moraine Valley up your way. So it'll be exciting to have both of those guys and then a uh seven footer coming in from Kentucky, just to name a couple. I don't want to give everything yeah. away. But we got some, we have some good we have some, <laughs> what do you say? I said you can't give away all this. Exactly. You can't give it away. Yeah, no, we have some good pieces. <laughs> right? Yeah. Can you can you give our uh, can you give our audience where they can reach out on your social media accounts, and then hopefully we really look forward to hopefully maybe we can touch base with you sometime during the season and get some more insight. But can you let us know where they can reach you out on Twitter, Instagram? 
Yeah, definitely. So on uh, on Twitter, which well, uh, I guess Elon Musk wanted to change it to the to the X now, but uh, <laughs> on there, it's, it's, <laughs> on there, I'm uh, I'm Coach J Magic Thirty Two, and for Instagram, it is uh, I think it's the same Coach J Magic Thirty Two. Yeah, so same thing, Coach J Magic Thirty Two on Twitter and Instagram. And Jelani, Coach, we really want to again thank you uh, here at BNB Nation and the Beijing Brown Podcast for you taking that time out. We know you got a lot of things going on, recruiting and traveling across the country. We wish you and your family nothing but the best. Uh, most definitely, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And again, folks, you've been listening to the latest edition of Beijing Brown Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Folks, remember, we need you to give us a follow on Spotify and rate us. Give us all five. Jelani, tell, get the whole team off. Uh, we need to get our listeners back up. We're almost at a, a thousand again from what between anchor.fm, the former website and Spotify. So remember, give us a follow. Add us to your playlist and rate us. We need all fives. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at the next episode soon. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay hydrated. We out. Peace. Bye. Here again with a special announcement again. This week on Wednesday, it is our anniversary, the four-year anniversary of the former Beijing and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. We've slimmed some weight, cut some weight down, we've got in shape. Now it's just the Beijing Brown podcast. But we want to thank you. We want everybody to join us. It's gonna be open panels. Uh, we're gonna have some one v one. Bob's going to put sports highlights in the blender. They don't want any smoke with Bob. They came out with that god-awful list that they're 12 best ankle breakers of all time. That list was dog shit. And we're going to – Bob's going to put that – I'm telling you, he's going to put that Larry Bird on him. He's going to put that 3-3 three, three thing on him. They ain't ready. Bob's going to come out swinging like uh, – We're we going to have some fun. Got, I got, got my list. Everybody's waiting for the top 10 – top 20 dunkers, in-game dunkers of all time. I got my criteria, so y'all can't do what y'all doing on NBA YouTube and talk crazy and just bring up stuff that don't make no sense. So y'all got to sit down and, and put the beer and, and coffee down. But anyway, we want to thank again for our special guest, the coach of the Newberry Wolves, uh, Jelani Johnson, former AAU champion, uh, former Illinois All-State, honorable mention. Uh, and Jelani, can you tell us, you spent some time, seven years, as a mentor, leader in the Chicagoland area at Supreme Court. You were a coach trainer, building supervisor. Can you relationships and how you said impacting and touching as many lives as possible prepared you for coaching at the college level? Yeah, so uh, Supreme also had a very unique experience too because, I mean, I coached so many different grades and uh, at that school and then got to, I mean, at, that, at the program and then also had to help with programs and it was different things like that. So, I mean, I had to basically learn a bunch of different skills, a bunch of different fundamentals and everything, and then adjust with so many different personalities. Um, and then that basically led, I had a group from seventh grade and uh, helped them all the way through 17U. So it was kind of cool seeing them grow. Yeah, so I helped them. Uh, it was just, it, I mean, it was basically like they grew, I grew. Uh, like seeing, I, I just remember when they turned into the 15, 16U team, uh, like when they pull up the practice driving, like it was an unbelievable. I was like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> like these guys are driving now. Then they go on the and graduate. And it, it definitely does. But I just remember the, my first live experience, uh, my first live weekend uh, with them at 17 U. I went to, uh, it was called the platform, it was through prep hoops, and it, we went all the way to Alabama. Uh, I was like, why not go to a place where, where I know 
um, ended up going down there and a bunch of coaches were there. I think it was over 150 coaches that, that, that signed up. But uh, just being able to connect with some of the coaches down there and asking them what they look for and stuff like that. And now being on this side, is it's, it's, it's funny just like how fast things can turn because that was only uh, two years ago when that happened. And now, now it's people coming up to me and, oh, like, what are you looking for? <laughs> but, uh, but I would just say, like, everything kind of, like, led up to where I am now. And, John, you mentioned, we mentioned before that you would, you know, kind of briefly go over, you played at two big-time universities at Western Illinois, the Latinx, shout out to them, and also at Bellamere there in Kentucky. And you were an Ironman, Jelani, at Western Illinois. You played uh, all, you appeared in all 30 games your sophomore year, final season there. Games started 30 of them. You know, we're definitely, you know, I always say availability is the best availability, and you definitely showed your wear there. And two things that have become kind of popular, and we, me, you, and Javen and uh, Dre talked about it uh, on the last episode is that, um, you know, we mentioned the kind of the similar and it's not ideals. And we know that you kind of your advice was, you know, go where you feel welcome and it's natural. You know, on your visit, if you get along with your teammates, uh, if it feels well, then go ahead and do that. And you also mentioned some of the cons of that. You know, you could don't just transfer someone to transfer, and that could again put you in a give you a bad rep. Coaches, wait a minute. At that next level, um, would there be any other thing that you could maybe add on to that, Jelani? With we've seen, like you said, certain kids might want to compete with somebody they know. Um, you know, is there anything else you would add on to it uh, to tie into the transfer portals and NIL deals coming up and how that impacts athletes these days? Yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much hits the nail on the head. I think the biggest thing that people need to realize is with transferring, if you're going somewhere with the intent to transfer, um, like I know being upfront about it will probably eliminate you getting a chance. But at the same time, uh, I mean, just you you never know who these uh, who you're using is, is connected to. So exactly. if, you're knows. Going, if, if you're going to... If, Right, like if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a prick about everything and then treat somebody how you wouldn't want to be treated, that uh, sounds and I'm like not saying that the other side. Me and the tools department is serious. No, oh my goodness, right? <laughs> uh, but it's it's but it's basically like if you're gonna treat somebody like that and then no matter how they're treating you, I mean, like even as a young man, like you come to a point where you feel like you gotta basically understand like is this worth it and. If you if you can go to if you can put your head down at night and say like I overcame that situation then you're doing something right and if you if you can uh, basically be the man in the situation um, and you do transfer if the coach if if the school that you're going to calls your old coach can they still say good things about you and that's what uh, that's one thing that people forget and it's just like you said with Fruits John it's almost like this is your career at that point in your life and you you want to definitely have a good uh you know a referral just say a reference just like you would in a career if you're switching companies or what have you right exactly and that's, re- and that's I, really I, what it is yeah i know this is kind of a wild card line we kind of touched on this last time but and i i, I know we touched on kind of like we mentioned people uh, about the hbcus the historically black colleges and of course deon sanders did a great job uh, while he was there and uh, made a name at Jackson State. Um, and then we kind of mentioned, you know, how he was unfairly uh, cr- criticized by uh, m- amongst men, other, you know, fans of football in general about the way he left to go to a power uh, five school in Colorado. And I mentioned that, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't remember the exact HBCU, but Ed Reed uh, took position and then left several days later. And he basically said the same, his sentiments were the same exact thing as Primetime said. And I just want to from your perspective, Jelani, as a person that, you know, played in the South and played in, you know, the Midwest. And what what, are, what do you think is really the futures of the HBCUs and not even just sports? I mean, me and you hear on the episode kind of soon that me and Mr. Joseph Johnson and Janelle Hill from the Golden State Warriors touched on. But um, it's like, what are the future of the HBCUs, Jelani? Because I know traditionally in a lot of African-American families, there was always that push, you know, if you could go, go. And it gives you an opportunity to be around you know, like people just like ourselves, but most of these HBCUs have closed up, uh, especially when this is pre-pandemic, over half the HBCUs in the country have closed. A uh, big thing that I think is that half these schools are not ran by African Americans. It's almost like the conversation that me and Joseph Johnson said that when we go into the black communities, whether it's in, you know, Chicago or Alabama or Omaha, is that 
we don't the shop owners don't look like us so how, how why are we still sending our african-american youth to hbcus that are sports wise and i guess i guess i kind of long-winded question line but what what do you think of the futures are of hbcus in general yeah no I, I think it just i think it depends on which one you go to like i think um it depends on the vision of that school as well like if you look at like if you look at if you're looking at the overall growth of how a, uh, the country and of how the of how the school's growing and what their what their vision is, sure. I don't Absolutely. think it necessarily I don't think it necessarily matters who's overall in charge. I think it's the experience that you're going to have because I mean there's some people that like I like yes I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that somebody that's non African American should run, but what I'm saying is if there is somebody in that force, like what's the difference between us? being in a predominantly non-black environment because we're bringing our culture and it's all and, about and, and growing. What, what is the benefit of us still trying to keep up this uh, tradition of HBCUs? There's no difference. If it is. Yeah. Education-wise, there's no benefit as far as uh, academic-wise. Uh, they're not giving you a break on the tuition. What is the advantage of going to HBCU? You can have that experience. Yeah, growing so up. I, I do think you're 100% right about that. And then I do think just the experience at the HBCU that you're going to get overall. Um, I mean, you don't get, I don't, a lot of people don't get, which it happens at Southern schools um, for some Southern schools, but the HBCU, like you're not getting the, the fish fries like on certain days, like two well, we saw you're not getting that on, on Wednesday. With Daryl Spence. Right. Yeah, not exactly. Right. <laughs> and then like, you're not getting the, you're not getting the fried chicken Wednesdays. You're not getting the, the what, like whatever it's gonna be. Like you're not getting, like you know what I mean. Like you're not getting those experiences. You're not getting the step team coming out yeah. on Thursday. Like you're not getting, you're not getting those experiences. But you get, like in terms of education and all those things. What is yeah. that? I said you're getting green bean casserole with that lunch that they tell you the HBC. Exactly, and so I th- and with the education, I think like that's what Deion Sanders was trying to harp on, saying like he was trying to change the perspective. And I mean, like you're going like when you look at a Spellman and schools like that, like I think those are still like those have deep roots and no, like those will not change. So like when you're going to those schools, I think you're getting a different experience than you're getting at another HBCU. Like, uh, and I, I don't want to say anyone uh, specifically because I mean you don't ever know what's really going on. But but then you look at schools like how I mean like Howard, like there's basketball players that were trying to go to HBCUs that that way they could put some money because they knew that those games were going to be televised. Like Prairie A and M, Prairie View A and M mainly play the away games just so they can get enough financial stability. But like mm-hmm. that, like it shouldn't have to be like that. And that's where like where you're getting guys like uh, the Eddie George coming back and trying to coach. And like you're only, you can only get high profile names and that's the only way they'll go. And like all these pro, uh, like, like you look at like a Nick Saban whose contract it is that he always has to be the highest paid coach. But like a guy like Nick Saban, you know, I have all the respect in the world for that guy. Uh, sure. But like you don't, but you're not going to find a Nick Saban at an HBCU. You're not going to find, but now if like, let's say if you look at Nick Saban's team, they could go. They could be an H. They they have the look of an HBCU. And if Nick Saban were to put that money, if Nick Saban were to grab that team and put them at an HBCU, now all of a sudden you give them a CBS deal, and all of a sudden next thing you know, that school's for sure going to be open for a while. I think Nick Saban has enough money to pay everybody's NIL deals, and he could probably. Career overseas. Uh, you played in Australia. You played in France, uh, and also in Mexico. And I and I just wanted to let you, uh, before that I want you to kind of speak on your experiences as far as a lot of guys get that you got the opportunity to work. Kind of, can you give us a little insight into what that was like, the players you competed against, and what that experience was? And then can you tell us? Kind of what you like. I remember you mentioned what did you like about the culture in Australia, Mexico, and France, and the people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, so I went to Mexico. Oh, sorry, I went to Australia first, um, yeah. and I'm actually really glad I did because coming out of college and everything, like for what's what for what doesn't need to be said. I mean, Australia is a wonderful place, and it's I mean, it's a it's a vacation land. But and you said it's you're like looking pineapple, at right. <laughs> What do you say? Playing on a resort or something like that. It it is, and I mean, because in Australia they only practice two times a week. They only practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you're playing the games on other days. And 
I mean, I wasn't on, I wasn't in top league in Australia, but I was in the league like under it where like, Ben Simmons played in that league. So, I mean, I was in a really good competitive league. Um, but the, just like, the, but the culture out there is just amazing. Like the people out there in Australia, like honestly, I even consider getting my, uh, applying for citizenship out there. Like it, it's, it's that amazing. The people are always going to look out for you. Um, I mean, they have, <laughs> they have a no gun policy. So everything just feels so safe out there. Like, the, first, the only thing they're going to do, they always threaten you, just like with fighting and stuff. I'm like, well, mm. you know, <laughs> it is what it is at that point. But, exactly, right? So, but, uh, but then, I mean, it's in the fish fry. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, but then it's like, I went to Mexico. Um, and there, I mean, there was good talent out there. Um, but, I mean, the thing I take away from there is, the fact that they feed you four times a day i mean it's that's like what i need to be five at. star right and it's five star meals every single meal um i could, like, I it could definitely matter if it's a snack point for that. right exactly so mexico was just and mexico was unique but um but then france was just the best talent i've i've played against uh everybody wants to compete people coming from all over um and france does something a little different too because um, they have academies out there, so people they pull people out of school and basically put them in boarding schools with people that are going that they think are going to be really good, and mm-hmm. they basically put all these people like in their own area and just groom them in a basketball way. Um, so you, I mean, you play against some of those guys, and you're just like, what in the world? Like, where are these guys coming from? And I mean, you have a 14 year old that's six ten. And it's like you see him on Twitter, or Instagram, and be like, oh, this freak. But then it's like, oh, like I played against that kid. And but like so like they're trying to like groom these kids like they'll throw them in a game uh, for like one or two minutes just to give them some experience and so they get used to the speed. So it, it's it's interesting how how France does. But France was also uh, an amazing country too in terms of talent, in terms of like, the country. The people out there were also extremely extremely nice, um, and they love their basketball in France. They love basketball. Folks, you're listening to the coach assistant at Newberry. In South Carolina, the Wolves, and we're listening here live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our newest affiliate, Tune In. This is me, Theo. In episode, we know that you're an avid Sox fan. Uh, have you got to Have you got to watch the South Siders at all much this summer? Do you have any uh, thoughts about how they've been playing so far? <laughs> Uh, I, I wish I had a thought on how they're playing, but they are just not doing well <laughs> at all. But uh, you know, they, but they, yeah, but they've made a lot of great. Uh, like in the last two days, I know they've made a ton of trades, and they're also looking to um make some more trades today. I, I think I got an alert right before this that uh, they were thinking about moving uh, Tim Anderson. So I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to do, but um, oh boy, whatever it is, I hope it's in the right direction. So yeah. And we know that as a journey right now, it's summertime. Everybody's doing their summer grooves. I know you're a big Alicia Keys fan. You're very versatile in your listening styles. You love- <laughs> what are you listening to right now? Uh, mainly, I mean, I had to kind of change how I was as a person, too, overall. So I kind of went the, I, I went the gospel route. So I listened to gospel for a majority of the day. And I would give myself like that 12 o'clock. Like, I can't listen to anything except gospel before 12. Um... But outside of that, I mean, I still listen. Yeah, I try. I'm I'm trying. So, I mean, outside of that, I still I still love my hip hop R and B. Um, even getting into like the contemporary jazz music now too. So, that's awesome. Coast, you know, coming from Chicago with that rich history and culture. So festivals in the, in the Chicago land area and in the city, that's hard not to do. Jelani, in closing, can you let our audience know here at BNB Nation kind of what you guys expect? For the, the coming season, what, what are you guys' expectations are? Yeah, so I mean, we lost we lost uh, four really good players. Uh, three graduated, one went to the portal. Um, so it's gonna be hard. To, it's gonna be really hard to replace all of them. One of them was our leading scorer, um, and I think he was top two in rebounding. And the other three were uh, all very dynamic guards. One of them from mm-hmm. England. You can't replace how hard he works. Um, yeah. And then the other the other two guards that graduated, they're just everyday guys. Like they literally show up no matter what. They could be injured, no matter what, they're going to show up. Um, so it's going to be hard to replace that, especially in leadership. But I think with how we did this past season, I think the the guys coming up and the guys that will be seniors this year kind of saw the the uh, the blueprint. 
So it'll be interesting. But we have some good transfers coming. Uh, two transfers, one from Presbyterian, and then a junior, a junior a Duco kid coming from Moraine Valley up your way. So it'll be exciting to have both of those guys. And then a uh, seven-footer coming in from Kentucky, just to name a couple. I don't want to give everything away. But we got some, we got some good ones. What do you say? I said you can't give away orders. You can't give away. No, we have some good pieces. Can you give our audience where they can reach you out on your social media accounts and then hopefully we really look forward to hopefully maybe we can touch base with you sometime during the season and get some more insight but can you let us know where they can reach you out on Twitter Inst- Yeah definitely so on uh, on Twitter which well, uh, I guess Elon Musk wanted to change it to the to the X now, but uh, <laughs> on there, it's, it's, <laughs> on there, I'm uh, I'm Coach J Magic Thirty Two, and for Instagram, it is uh, I think it's the same Coach J Magic Thirty Two. Yeah, so same thing, Coach J Magic Thirty Two on Twitter and Instagram. And Jelani, we, Coach, we really want to again thank you uh, here at BNB Nation and the Beijing Brown Podcast for you taking that time out. We know you got a lot of things going on, recruiting and traveling across the country. We wish you and your family nothing but the best. Uh, most definitely. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And again, folks, you've been listening to the latest edition of Beijing Brown Podcast here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Folks, remember, we need you to give us a follow on Spotify and rate us. Give us all five. Jelani, tell get the whole team off. Uh, we need to get our listeners back up. We're almost at a, a thousand again from what between anchor.fm, the former website and Spotify. So remember, give us a follow. Add us to your playlist and rate us. We need all fives. Uh, We look forward to seeing you at the next episode soon. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay hydrated. We out. Peace. All right.